Spoilers! 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 The following podcast contains spoilers for Rango. You have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your town, and this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Miguel Magusto is on the other side. Yes. And I'm drawing the line. That's damn tootin', rootin', cootin', dootin', bootin'. I don't know what any of that means. I'm so sorry. Scootin' along, moving to the next segment. Let's go. (laughs) How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm not bad. I just got my hair cut and just oh. did myself jumped out of the shower. Feel all nice and sparkly, like a like I'm from Twilight or something. Oh, like a, oh. like a little vampire. Say it out loud. Vampire, vampire, <laughs> little spider monkey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, but I'm not too bad overall. That's good. I can't, That's can't good. complain. Yeah. I I have I've not watched. Too many movies. I'll admit no, that. What? I, I've, I've, been ad- I've been admitting that for the last many weeks. You have been, um, yeah. But I have been cranking the absolute living fuck out of a TV show that I told mm-hmm. you about. Yes. Uh, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it last week or not. You did. But uh, I did. Look at that. A show called Banshee. Uh, not to be uh, confused with Mike's famous movie that's known around the world uh, <laughs> called Banshee. Yes. Um, definitely won't go into the uh, review section and say anything about this random show instead of your movie. That motherfucker. That, that's just me personally. <laughs> uh, so this is a fucking wicked weird show. but it's Wicked an, hardcore. Wicked hardcore. But it's not from Massachusetts at all. Uh, it's so over-the-top Pennsylvanian- and just so intoxicating. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knows at this point who Anthony Starr is uh, from from uh, the boys mm-hmm. uh, as Homelander. Uh, yes. He's pretty much that, but less racist, and he has more range in this show. Yeah, and he's actually really good. I want to see That's him good. in more stuff. He's he's fantastic. This show is, like I said, it's it's crazy over the top. Um, Anybody who lives in Pennsylvania knows that for the most part, most of this is like accurate. But then there's a lot of stuff that's just umph to the twenty thousandth degree on yeah. things. Um, like let's say Amish mafia. Yes, there's a little bit of an Amish mafia theme in this, but it's like yeah. to the twenty thousandth degree. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, overall, good show. It's got some flaws, but it's in a way, it's like a guilty pleasure that. I'm not putting down, even though yeah. I'm on the last season now. I started to watch three it. Three seasons. I started to watch it. That got like 15, 20 minutes into the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that it was bad. It just wasn't what I wanted to watch at that time. Yeah. And once it, it didn't get to the Pennsylvania yet. So I was just like, I'm going to watch this it, at another time. It literally, I think another five minutes you would have gotten there. <laughs> yeah, probably. Then but, uh, I turned it off when he was pulling into Amish country. So, yep. Um, I, I like it. I would recommend it to some people just for maybe the overall laughs of like, hey, this is where we live. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, a, lot, a lot of skin, too. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, uh, there's there's boobs it's within a, the first thirty seconds. Yep, it's a it's a little Skinamax film, so that's that's yeah. or film show. Uh, anyway, moving on. Speaking of skin, uh, we're moving on to the Little Mermaid that Mike and I saw. <laughs> um, skin yes. because she's got feet. It's no longer a dorsal fin. Don't get exactly. your get exactly. that mind out of the gutter. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, pleasantly. All I'll say is that you should watch the review, uh, yeah. because we did one. It's on the YouTube. I did yes. a little editing on it. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike's a horny bastard for uh, for Vanessa. Vanessa. Oh, mm. oh. hot uh, Ursula, as I like to call her. Oh mm. yeah. Yes. But after that, of course, I've watched Rango, which we will get into in just a minute. But Mike, what did you get into? I saw uh, five movies. A little mm. light week again for me. For for yeah. me. For me. Of course. Uh, the first one uh, was another in my Ingmar Bergman collection called All These Women. My official review for this uh, is that uh, Disney is very lucky that they didn't call this an extremely goofy movie because this movie is extremely goofy. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, yeah, it's an Ingmar Bergman movie, but it's a comedy, and it is like a hilarious comedy. Uh, it's essentially about this uh, guy who's doing a biography on a cellist, and the cellist has like five or six girlfriends and wives or whatever, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's just, a, it's hard to explain. It's just so incredibly goofy, and and like kind of like a mixture. Of, it, it kind of reminded me of like, um, I I don't think you've seen any Marx Brothers movies, but it was kind of like Marx Brothers a little bit, uh, just I with an Ing- Ingmar Bergman twist. But yeah, it was extremely goofy, um, and I laughed a lot. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so that's called All These Women, and it's it's really funny. Uh, also has the, the wonderful Harriet Anderson in it. Uh, I believe that's her name. Let me check. But uh, she is a she's funny and also uh, an extremely lovely-looking lady. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, Harriet Anderson. For those of you who care, I don't know. I don't know if anyone cares. I don't care. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then I watched The Little Mermaid, which Glenn said we have a... Uh, YouTube video review for so you can check that out. Uh, then I watched a 2012 horror movie with Daniel Radcliffe called The Woman in Black. Mm. I got it from Netflix DVD. Uh, this is the third time I've gotten it from Netflix DVD, but the previous two times I sent it back because I wasn't in the mood. Uh, yeah. I forced myself to watch it this time. And yeah, it's all right. It's fine. That's, that's pretty much what I've heard about it always. Yeah. Like, it's better than you think it would be with the title and, and it being, like, one of Daniel Radcliffe's first films out, uh, outside of Harry Potter. Uh, and it, it's, it's like your standard horror movie, but it's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's The Woman in Black. Then I watched Rango, which we'll get into in just a minute. And then last night, I watched A Gift from God, rewatched oh, it. Can't called- believe you watched me. Uh, well, I mean, I watch you every day, uh, and then but I rewatched the Daniel uh, Daniel Danny Boyle movie Sunshine, mm-hmm. starring Killian Murphy, uh, <laughs> and also Michelle Yeoh's in there, which I forgot she was in there. Yep, uh, Rose Byrne is also in there. Chris <clears throat> Evans is in there. Um, stacked cast, very stacked cast. Pretty much only one person in it is not a major movie star now, uh, and he's still in things. Like he's still got a good career. He's just not like yeah. You know, I'm a very big movie star. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I love Sunshine. First time seeing it in probably 10 years or so. Uh, it's been a long time since I've watched it, and I'm so glad I rewatched it. Uh, the fucking sound design in that is so one. 
So good. Yeah, like if I didn't have my surround sound, I would have lost so much in the sound design. <laughs> and it's one of those movies that just makes me like really want people to watch that at home and then watch it in a theater and see why they should watch things in theaters. Cause or vice versa, you know. Yeah. Compare and contrast is essentially what I want them to do because you would lose so much without surround sound in that movie. Mm-hmm. God damn. Uh, but yeah, that's all I watched. So let's get into Rango. Oh, here she comes. You better run, Mojito. What? I thought you said don't move. That was before. Now, you run. Here in the Mojave Desert, animals have had millions of years to adapt to the harsh environment. But the lizard... He's going to die. Ow! <laughs> what was that for? You're a stranger. Strangers don't last long here. Rango is an ordinary chameleon who accidentally winds up in the town of Dirt, a lawless outpost in the Wild West in desperate need of a new sheriff. Ooh. Directed by Gore Verbinski, written by John Logan, Gore Verbinski himself, uh, James Ward. Uh, is it Birkett or Burkett? That's I want to say I was, Burkett. I want to say Burkett, but I'm not sure. Because I was thinking about that as I was seeing the credits. I'm like, ooh, that's going to confuse me and stumble me when I start doing the podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, and of course, guess what? It did. It uh, did stars that. Johnny Depp, Isla Fisher, Timothy Oliphant. Uh, you did it again. Uh, Oliphant. I literally. No, you did Timothy, not Timothy. Why do I do that? I don't know. Timothy's not a real name. <laughs> it feels like it should be one. It feels like he should. I think it's, you know what's fucking me up? It's his face in IMDb. He looks like a Timothy in this in this pro. <laughs> but Timothy's not a real name. How does someone look like a name that doesn't exist? He's making it work. Uh, wow. <laughs> Abigail Breslin, uh, <laughs> Ned Beatty, Alfred Molina, Bill Nye, Stephen Root, Harry Dean, Stan Ray Winstone, uh, Blake Clark's in there too. I heard his voice. I was like, oh my guy. Um, lots of names in this big cast. Uh, so yeah, picked this. Uh, it's, it had been. Uh, generations since I had seen this movie. <laughs> generations? Uh, yeah. And honestly, I don't remember most of it at all. Uh, yeah. And I wanted to watch it with you. And I felt like it was probably a good watch, but we'll have to we'll have to get into that, shall we? Yeah. Yes, we shall. Uh, I first watched it uh, in college, of course. I, 2011, I was in college. I uh, watched it in theaters. Uh, watched it a subsequent five times in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, college kids are bad with money, and as I, as yeah. was I. Uh, now I, I wouldn't have to be bad if it weren't if if uh, Regal's Unlimited program existed back then, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I had to plug that, even though we're not getting paid to. Um, <laughs> but uh, I absolutely loved it back then. Uh, I've been probably much like Sunshine. It's probably been about ten years since I last watched it. Um, mm-hmm. But I always remembered like loving the fact that like. Uh, the Fantastic Mr. Fox, they recorded all the audio together, like all the actors acted out the scenes and yep. uh, recorded the audio that way. And it, it really, you know, it's not something that you would probably notice if you didn't know that. But once you do know that, it's so apparent that it like runs so much more smoothly 
than like a standard animation film. Well, not only that is IMDb's showing it as as you spoke, but uh, like the BTS of them all kind of interacting in the room together on these scenes. Not only like do you you know notice it a little bit because a uh, performances are running a little bit more smoothly, but also everybody just seems like they're genuinely having more fun on set instead Absolutely. of just. I mean, obviously. Uh, having more fun on set than just being stuck in a room, not with your co-star, you know, working off of each other and stuff like that. You're actually just doing the scenes out and then they'll animate it later, which is super, super nice. And you get all the mannerisms and everything. I guess, I mean, obviously they didn't do the mocap. I guess they didn't really have to, but it was, I guarantee you they got like facial, uh, just cues and stuff like that from, from the shots they took. So it, well, it really shows. A lot of, a lot of animators uh, will do will record themselves doing the movement just to see how it looks. Yeah. So it, it's definitely used as a tool for animators to kind of get an idea, even though they still have to manually animate it themselves. Yeah. Uh, unlike mocap, which does it automatically. Uh, so so that it definitely does help seeing the performances, uh, you know, go, and then you can just change uh, minute things. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely, it it definitely felt like they had more fun and you could tell, uh, this is probably, I mean, it's no uh, lie that Johnny Depp is kind of, I don't want to say lost his love for acting, but he's, he's definitely in the, like in the past, his roles have been less and less good. Uh, and a, a lot of that has to do with like maybe a loss of passion or whatever, for whatever reason, whether it be personal life or, or, you know just kind of getting tired of the Hollywood machine or whatever. But mm-hmm. it seemed like he legitimately had fun doing this, and you could I'm, tell in his vocal performance completely. Vocal performance and just watching him uh, in this BTS just now. Dude yeah. was having a ball. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then I read and, that he's he never watches his own movies, but he, he watched this and uh, the other couple animated ones. He loves watching the animated ones, but yeah, he'll never I mean, watch his own live performance. Yeah, that, that's understandable because oh, it's, it's just your voice versus your actual face mm-hmm. on a 20-foot screen. Um, but, it, yeah, is I, I think it's, it's so apparent that this was just a fun set to be on. Uh, they capture the the tone and feeling of a Western film perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- I love the storybook aspect of it with the mariachi band kind of acti- acting as narrators. Um, and it's also just got beautiful cinematography for yeah. it. And, and like everywhere from like the Western things to there's like Do you know one why? Sh- why is that? Because it was they consulted Roger Deakins on it. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. You, I, I, if you're I saw gonna his... consult. I saw his name pop up in a credit. I'm like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. If you consult one of the greatest cinematographers to have ever lived, you're going to you're going to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like everything is just firing on all cylinders with this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's hilarious. It's it's got touching moments. Uh, I love the surrealism of it, like the dream sequences and and the this the spirituality of it with like the 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 armadillo road kill. Uh, yeah. the the dream he has with the floating goldfish and then meeting the spirit of the west which is just a Clint Eastwood type yeah uh, it, it's just such a fun movie that also knows how to kind of like create this experience that is is surreal in a way it's an absolute pretty much it feels like an absolute love letter to western films altogether absolutely um, I mean obviously you got uh, Clint Eastwood and uh, Tomothy 
you got Tomothy Oliphant. <laughs> Tomothy Tomothy Oliphant. Uh, obviously, you know everything Clint Eastwood did with Western films. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Tomothy himself was in Deadwood for so long. I feel like I feel bad for him in a way because I feel like he gets stuck doing cowboy roles so often now. Yeah, even his Kinda role in, in uh, um, Mandalorian. Was it Mandalorian or Boba Fett that he was in? Uh, or both. Mandal- he might have been in both. Mandalorian. Okay. Um, I, I remember seeing the scene where uh, Miss Mando goes up and he's like, "Give me the armor, you fucking bitch." I think. Did you watch Boba Fett? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. He, he might have uh, popped up in there, but I'm pretty sure. I think he's in both. I, I I think he's in probably Mandalorian more, but I I do feel like he's in both. I could have sworn he got you know. <laughs> But hey, that you didn't hear that spoiler from me. Um, yes. But I feel bad because I feel like he's usually stuck in you know cowboy roles. I mean, Clint Eastwood was probably as well for so long. But I feel like Timothy's just stuck in it for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't get out of it. And but it's fine because he was great, yeah. and especially in this, the voice the voice was like Clint Eastwood esque, but it, it's still you could obviously it was his own in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this movie is such a just straight up love letter to Western and Western films, um, and just straight up movies altogether. There's a lot of references in this shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are plenty of references, even to non-Westerns, really. Yeah. Um, but obviously mostly Westerns. Uh, the whole, like, idea of it also kind of being about, uh, you know, um, ecological conservatism where, mm-hmm. with like how, how uh, transporting water from one location to a city really kind of destroys certain ecosystems. Yep. Uh, I think that's kind of a noble thing to do and what otherwise would just be a fun movie. Like, yes, it's still a fun movie, but it has a serious message about how like, you know, Americans, not uh, pr- probably other countries too, but like the United States of America will like direct a bunch of water to a desert just so people living in a desert can have grass, which they don't need. Yeah. And it's definitely all, all countries have a, a little stake in that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but this being obviously in this, it's Las Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, which like Las Vegas and LA, there are so many yards in Las Vegas and LA that have grass. That's just like, you could just have really cool desert landscaping in your front yard yeah, and not have to mow it. But these idiots choose to water it and then mow it. So, well, it'd be one thing if they just had fake grass. Like, if you want the look of grass and like yeah. tired of seeing so much desert and just coming yeah. home and just, you know that's whatever. But there's there's a jewelry store near us that has fake grass. Yeah, and it's just like you don't need fake grass because you live in a place where grass yeah, I, it doesn't need to be watered. <laughs> I get curious, um, they just too lazy to actually mow it, but you it's know. so small too. It wouldn't take. I, it would take like ten minutes to to mow. I wish whatever. I understood humanity. Yeah, me too. Uh, but you know, my my favorite part of this is probably the mariachi band. I think they're they're mm-hmm. funny in their delivery, and also the songs they sing are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that shook me the most about them is that the lead mariachi guy who plays the accordion is not antonio banderas yeah because he's like like when you know it's not antonio banderas it's obviously not him yeah but like i i what before i looked on imdb i was 100 percent i was was in the same boat i promise you and then like i couldn't find him 
on yep. IMDb, and then I just looked for uh, a mariachi accordion, and it wasn't him. So I was like, oh, my God. It was about, like, halfway is when I actually realized that it wasn't. I was like, that's, that's yeah. not him. It sounds yeah. just like him, but it's not him. It really does. And, and it's like, it's, it's like a more depressed-sounding Puss in Boots yeah. is, the, is the voice that he's doing, which was just kind of, I don't know. I, I love the mariachi band, and this was, was very surprised that that was not Antonio Banderas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's got like the crazy action sequences in this too. Like the, when they s- steal the water back from the the like the mole family. Yep. Uh, fucking bonkers! All the action that's going on in that they they're like combining musically uh, Valkyrie by Wagner with mm-hmm. like the banjos of uh, Deliverance. Yep. Uh, the movie Deliverance, and it's like fucking crazy. I loved that entire sequence of the the running away from the the mole family. Yeah, every everybody and everything about this movie oh. was. I got a little hiccup and it hurt. Yeah, uh, everything and everyone in this movie was on their grade A, uh, just ready to go. Because yeah. the the soundtrack was amazing, cinematography of it was amazing. Obviously, the animation's great. Um, what the the thing the biggest thing about this movie that I liked is with Johnny Depp. It can it could always be like hit or miss. I mean, especially like the last ten years or so. Yeah, yeah. With this, it just reminds me, like even though it's all vocal, and I, I mean, obviously he did the the on set stuff. When he's on his game, he is so fucking good. Yeah. And this this is just of course it's animated, but like he's so good in this, and it absolutely is insane. That was my favorite part about the movie because I love a movie where he can just absolutely shine, and this is to me one of his top shiners, even though it's not even live action. Yeah, yeah, Expe- I, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like without, I think without him, I think this movie would go down just a grade. Everybody yeah. else is great. I don't want to knock, you know, off Everyone anybody else. Everyone else kind of blends in, which is the whole yes. point of the movie is that like, he sticks out like a sore thumb. It it like like you just said right there. Like Isla Fisher, she or Fisher, she sounds great, but I didn't even know that was Isla Fisher. That's how good she was. Yeah. Um, but everybody else feels like they have the same kind of tone, especially all the townspeople. Mm-hmm. So like you feel like their voices mix and you don't really know who's who at a certain point. That was just me though. It could be I mean, besides Bill Nye, but he was like a another villain. Well, him doing an American <laughs> accent was absolutely terrifying. It freaked me out. I'm not gonna it, lie. Like I've, I think this Timbers is the first were time. Shivered. Yeah, <laughs> this is the first time I've ever seen him in something where he didn't have his normal accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in in the movie Living, his last movie, which I believe he was nominated for an Oscar for, uh, he's fantastic in that. By by the way, but he doesn't mm-hmm. have an exact of his normal accent. Yeah, but it's still British. In this. It's like a, a, a southwestern American accent. And, of course, being the villain, he's a giant snake. And it's honestly terrifying how it's, how scary his voice is when he's... It, he's it's uh, super scary. And, like, at first, you're like, I know that's Bill. But also, is that Bill? Because <laughs> I've yeah. never heard him do that accent before. Yeah, same here. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That, it was good. But I think, for sure, besides those those few, everybody kind of st- kind of blends together. I'd and agree. then. But Johnny's was so good, and you could tell he just gave it his all in this, and it was, it made it way more worth it to watch yeah. it just because of that. Yeah. I also love that his character isn't, like, perfectly good. Like, he's a little mm-hmm. bit of an asshole sometimes. Oh, I, 
I, this is exactly what I wanted to say. I've been thinking about it all night because I'm like, I'm going to fucking forget it. I, obviously, you, you've watched Uncharted, but you haven't really played the games. Yeah. The, the character from that, Nathan Drake, is, is fucking Rango. Because Nathan Drake, his biggest character like trait is just how lucky he is. And just the dude, dude can't die because luck is just he's always rolling 20s. Yeah. He and Rango are the same because no matter what situation they're put in, somehow they always end up just having the best luck. What was it like Domino from Deadpool as well? Mm-hmm. Just it always just works out for them, and I yeah. wanted to point that out, and that amazed me, and I wanted to pat myself on the ass. I mean, back now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now that you mentioned that, I kind of feel like we were robbed of a good Uncharted movie, mm-hmm. uh, with with uh, you know, it, it, instead of it just being like a, a Tom Holland trying to be a James Bond type. Yeah, it, it, we could have had a, <clears throat> a, a Johnny Depp in Rango type character where he's just kind of a clumsy asshole who, who. Uh, we could have you know, definitely had a an amazing uncharted film and it, yeah. it would have it would have transferred to tv so well because obviously this is a clear-cut version of how that could have went i mean obviously it's animated but it would have transferred to live action so hard and and well but you know it's we're not talking about uncharted but yeah. hey it it was it fucking worked. It was so yeah. funny to see yeah. the situations he was put in, falling out of the sky and somehow bouncing off shit or grabbing a hold of a bat and just it, and it was, was so good. When he got yeeted into the sky while dressed as a woman, he was just like blissfully <laughs> yeah. flying. He was like dancing. He's but, like, oh. Uh, yeah, oh. But I, I what, to go back to my point before you yeah. rudely Sorry. interrupted me, you fucking I'm an ass. asshole. Yeah. No, but I love that he's not just like a perfectly nice guy. Like he's kind of selfish and, and uh, an asshole a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but in, in a lovable way, not in a way that's just like, you know, in kind of a way that a child is yeah. where like, Childs don't understand that they have to share the world with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of felt like that. And obviously, he's a lizard. If, if it were an adult doing that, it'd be annoying, unless it's Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and Step Brothers. That's <laughs> yeah. funny. Uh, but because he's a, a you know a lizard or gecko, whatever he is, it's just kind of funny. Uh, mm-hmm. And so like it, 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 it lets him grow as a character where he goes from being like this selfish person who's really just lying and getting lucky for his own gain uh, to being embarrassed by uh, Bill Nye's character of, of, of uh, the snake. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, what's his name? Rattle Jack or something? Rattle uh, Jim? Jake, Jake the snake. Jake the snake. It really doesn't. Oh, no, it's Rattle, Rattlesnake Jake. Close. Yeah. Close. Um, but uh, so he gets embarrassed. And then when he goes on like his whole like trippy trip to see uh, the, Ooh, yeah. the Spirit of the West... That's when he the whole you know he changes and doesn't isn't as selfish anymore. Mm-hmm. But I just it, it's a deep character for as goofy as it is, which I, I yeah. love. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just a great movie overall. I I am glad that it still holds up after all this time. Um, and I would, yeah, I would like to say I honestly think this movie's <laughs> kind of a masterpiece. I'd agree. I'm, I don't think that's a stretch at all. The the only I only say kind of because I feel like, in a way, because you know because of the the jokes and the uh, kind of love letters to everything, mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of takes away from its 
identity of being a masterpiece because it a lot of it is just be, like paying homage to a lot of stuff instead of it being itself in most mm-hmm. ways but it it is it is itself because of the homage of everything before it at the yeah. same time so i'm in the pickle there where it's so fucking good it's still regardless it's still so fucking good i just i think it's just one step away from a masterpiece because of how much of the movie is made with a lot of its jokes and homages yeah that it it just just slightly takes away from its like full on independence you know yeah i'd agree um but other than that it's absolutely fantastic yeah i mean that's just i i feel like um if this weren't a studio animated film mm-hmm. it probably it probably would have you know straight out on its own and become its own thing yeah uh with studios they want that kind of stuff they want things that are going to entertain adults yeah uh, which and, and without those things this is still very entertaining to adults yeah um, and, but, so, and you I know mean, obviously speaking of which like the subtleties with the jokes and stuff like uh, it's a kid's movie it's pg yeah. But there's so much there for adults to just laugh at. And yeah, like understand he, he the lands, references. he lands on the windshield of the character, his character from yep. uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, we can't stay here. There's a back country. That character, <laughs> yeah, uh, which I I love that that little nod to that character. But um, yeah, I, I think you're right. It could have done more to to stick like st- stick out on its own. Mm-hmm. But you know, I still think it's a fantastic film, and Absolutely. I know you do. I know you do too. Uh, I would still call this a masterpiece because I do yeah. think the art, there is an art to doing movie references without them being too obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this does it pretty well. Um, I think if maybe it had five to ten minutes of where, like an extra five to ten minutes of where it wasn't doing, like it like felt more of its own independency yeah. on top of the hour 47, I think it would have... I think it would have sold it a hundred percent as a masterpiece to me. I, I'd agree. I, including I mean, including all the jokes and stuff and homages. Yeah, that I think that definitely would have benefited from it. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, but yeah, that's really all I got to say. I think it's a great, great film. Uh, yeah. loved rewatching it. I can't wait till my boy is mm. uh, over his cars phase, and then I can show him this movie. Yeah, it's gonna um, be a much better experience overall. <laughs> yes, yes. Is, uh, you got anything else to say? Uh, you know, I, I I think that's honestly it. Okay. Well, that does it for our review for Rango. That brings us to the judgment. As always, it needs to be a unanimous decision whether or not it goes to the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, Glenn, this was your movie to pick that you picked. Mm-hmm. You picked this movie. You picked it. This movie uh, was so, garbage, man. So it doesn't go on the KFR shelf. I don't want it anywhere near the shelf. <gasps> I want it above the shelf. I want it oh. in a frame. I need it up mm-hmm. there. I need it yeah. in up there. <laughs> In the in the original Nickelodeon DVD case, I think I yes, have that. I do too. I get. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> got it. Case at a, to be specific, but I don't have the Blu-ray case. I do okay. have just the original DVD. Is this the one bl- of the ones you got at a at a Goodwill? Goodwill, yeah. Nice. For most people who don't know, I've been having a little collection of old, like nostalgic. Uh, childhood movies and Rango. I saw Rango in the orange case. I'm like, well, there's no way I'm not getting that. Yeah, that's pretty and dope. And so I snagged it up. Yeah. Yeah. But Mike, what do you think, buddy? I think that this is one of the best animated films, especially 3D animation. Yeah. Uh, within the last uh, 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, 20 years, just because it's it's been it's older than 10 years. Uh, it is 
the fact that it's not more of a classic than it already kind of is. It's, it's a cult classic. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it should be a more mainstream classic because it is fantastic. The character design does uh, would probably scare some kids, which is probably why it's not more popular than it uh, it would be. Yeah, I guess um, I, I get it. I'm I'm just I'm honestly just trying to find a reason because yeah. to me it's it's bonkers that this isn't more popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a fantastic movie and it absolutely deserves to go on the shelf. Bada bing, bada boom. So. Rango makes it onto the KFR <laughs> shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our assignment for next week. It is streaming roulette week. Yes. So, for those of you who don't know, we spin the very real wooden wheel with all the movies that we subscribe to via the subscription services. Uh, the, the wheel is the side of Rhode Island, and mm-hmm. we spin that three times. Uh, and we pick the one out of those three that we most like what likely want to watch. We want to watch it. The one we most want to watch. You got there. That's what counts. Yeah, I got there. So, <laughs> without any further ado, here comes spin number one. <gasps> uh, Sunshine? Thank God. N- yeah, no, we're doing no, it. No, no, oh. I wish. Ice Age! <laughs> from 2002. I can't believe that was your first spin. That's crazy. Uh, it's so crazy. Uh, from 2002, this is going to be uh, on things. Hold on, right now. It just says uh, that. Uh, Wait, it's going to be Black on Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Is he? In oh, this? he was one of the uh, uh, fucking tigers. There you go. So, yeah, Ice Age, uh, the first one on Disney Plus. Uh, the story revolves around Sub Zero heroes, a woolly mammoth, a saber toothed tiger, a sloth, and a prehistoric combination of a squirrel and rat known as Scrat. Directed by Chris Wedge and Carlos Saldanha. Uh, it is written by Michael J. Wilson, Michael Berg, and Peter Ackerman. Uh, starring Dennis Leary, John Leguizamo, Ray Romano, uh, Goran Vishnik, uh, Jack Black's in there, Cedric the Entertainer, Stephen Root, Diedrich Bader, uh, Alan Tudyk. Uh, 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 I feel like we're missing someone. Uh, Jane Krakowski, Lori Badgley. Well, uh, the first movie, there was only really like five people. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true, I guess. Uh, well, the, Otherwise, there would be Queen Latifah and yeah, a bunch of true. other... So that is Ice Age. That is a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb. That's a surprisingly high rating. Higher than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, not that I think this movie's bad. It's just higher than I thought it'd be. Mm-hmm. And 61 Metacritic score. That's more around where I thought it would be. Uh, and yeah, so that's Ice Age on Disney+. Plus. That is our first choice. Here comes spin number two. Johnny Dangerously. Ooh. With Michael Keaton. I've watched this but it's more of like i fell asleep to it uh same here kind of uh that is going to be on hbo uh max also just known as max now uh where else is going to be everything about it yes and hulu apparently uh so yeah max and hulu i hate that they just call it max so this is going to be it's always going to be hbo max uh johnny dangerously 1984, set in the 1930s, an honest, good-hearted man is forced to turn into a life of crime to finance his neurotic mother's skyrocketing medical bills. Directed by Amy Heckerling, written by Norman Steinberg, Bernie Kukoff, uh, and Harry Columbi, uh, starring Michael Keaton, Joe Piscopo, uh, Mary Lou Henner, Maureen Stapleton, Peter Boyle, Griffin Dune, John, John, Dom DeLuise is in there. Uh, Danny DeVito's in there. Let's mm-hmm. see. Uh, that guy looks like Werner Herzog, but is not Werner Herzog. 
and so yeah, that is going to be on HBO Max. Johnny Dangerously. Here comes spin number three. Aquila and the Bee. Okay. I have not seen this. I am aware of it because I ran projection on it uh, in 2000. Oh, no, I did not in 2006. I'm confusing that with another movie. Uh, Aquila and the Bee, that is going to be on Freebie and <coughs> I think just Freebie, maybe Amazon. Looks like Amazon, too. Uh, so Freebie and Amazon. Uh, a young girl from South Los Angeles tries to make it to the National Spelling Bee. Written and directed by Doug Atchison. Uh, starring Angela Bassett, Lawrence Fishburne, Kiki Palmer, Kiki Curtis Palmer. Armstrong. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Armstrong, J.R. Villarreal, uh, Sean Michael Affable, uh, Lee Thompson Young, uh, R.I.P., uh, C. Ma, uh, and other people. So, yes, yeah. we have Aquila and the Bee, Johnny Dangerously, and Ice Age. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the wheel took a little bit, but we got some pretty pretty good ones out of that, honestly. Yeah, yeah I'm not upset with any of these, really. Um, my big two are Ice Age and Johnny Dangerously. Okay. Um, I would like to actually eventually finish Johnny Dangerously. Okay. It's only an hour and a half as well. Yeah. Ice Age, hour and 20. I have honestly no preference here. <laughs> Neither do I. Do we want to go with a um, comedy crime? Uh, another animated comedy? Or a drama, Spelling Bee? Hmm. I think uh, let's do Johnny Dangerously. Mm-hmm. Just because we have both seen it, seen it, but both don't really remember it. Yeah. So I think that would be a good... Uh, it'd be a nice revisit to see why we don't remember it. Yeah, I remember it because I saw the back of my eyelids, and that was about uh, it. I was probably just looking at my phone because I wasn't very interested, but we'll see. I, I, I'm going to make sure my phone is not in my hand when watching this. I, I think this is one of the movies I tried to do the 365 that, that oh, one year. Oh, yeah. So, and, like, I tried to watch this, and I was like... <laughs> yeah. That was a snore for most people who thought I was doing warthog language. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, and, uh, Johnny Dangerous. Does this jerk look like a real gangster to you? He looks like Michael Keaton to me. I love Johnny T-shirts! I love Johnny! Believe it or not, everybody loves this guy. Broads love him. I'm not wearing a bra, Johnny. That makes two of us. Oh! You gotta watch your head left, Ma. His mother loves him. I love him, but someday I'm gonna knock him on his We should spend some time together. The DA loves him. See, two weeks in Puerto Rico. You got fire. Bird. The new torch singer loves him. You got those. I like those animals. <laughs> Little babies love him. Oh, wait. The warden loves him. Johnny, it's an honor to have you on Guff Road. Ah, don't be silly. <laughs> Pleasure's all mine. <laughs> Even the Pope loves him. Go yourself a new gym at the Vatican, eh? Well, this is one guy who ain't got no love for this phony. You shouldn't hang me on a hook. My father hung me on a hook once. Once. Yeah, so Johnny Dangerously on HBO Max is our assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we're Keystone underscore film underscore review. Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we see Michael Keaton live dangerously as a man named Johnny. Mm. Dangerously. 
Goodbye. Bye. Baby. Smooches.